Every single day you wake up, you have the opportunity to start over, to make a difference, to right a wrong, to shift your life into a better direction. Thankfully, we have a God that gives us that second chance every day. We hope this show will bring you information and stories that will inspire you to be the best you can be. This is Every Day is a Second Chance, presented by Heyman Hoke. Thank you for joining us, and God bless. Welcome back to another episode of Every Day is a Second Chance. I'm your host, Fred Heyman, and this show is put on and sponsored by my law firm, Heyman Hogue. I'm going to do a little plug for the firm today. Heyman Hogue is a faith-based estate planning and elder law firm, got offices in Frisco, Texas and Arlington, Texas. And hopefully in the very near future, we're going to be uh, opening a Texoma office up in the Sherman, Denison, Pottsboro, Whitesboro, Gainesville area. Um, we do wills and trusts and all the documents that people need to put together to take care of their families. We do probate when people pass away, guardianships when people have Alzheimer's or dementia. And uh, we love what we do, and, and the firm has uh, been gracious to sponsor me to do this show. Uh, if you've not uh, tuned into our show before, this is a show about hope. Every Day is a Second Chance is a message that God put on my heart about 16 or 17 years ago when I went through my near-death experience. As I was going through my experience, God touched my heart and said, you need to put a book together called Every Day is a Second Chance and let people know that I am a God of second chances. And I've been working on that book for 16 years, and I've been a, 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 a Jonah many, many times going the wrong direction, but I'm, I'm really close to finishing it. I'm uh, going to finish it this year. But uh, a friend of mine said, why don't we do a podcast on it? And why don't we bring guests on to talk about their check second chance stories uh, or to talk about things that they do to help people with that second chance? So, so what does it mean to have a second chance? A second chance is, is waking up every morning and realizing that the future is more important than the past. Uh, every day we have an opportunity to right or wrong, to do something different, to do something in a different direction or change our attitude, uh, to go back to God if we pulled away from Him, or to go to God if you've never experienced Him. Uh, today, I have a very special guest and a very good friend of mine, Brock Yonke. He is the lead uh, care and support pastor at Hope Fellowship Church in Frisco, Texas. Now, Hope Fellowship is a church with four campuses now. Uh, the main campus is in Frisco. The, there's a West Frisco campus that's really close to Little Elm. Uh, there's a McKinney campus, and there's a brand new Prosper campus that I haven't gone to see yet, but I'm excited because I hear it's gorgeous. Um, Hope Fellowship, I've been going to church there since shortly after I moved to the Dallas-Fort Worth area in 2013. Met Brock not too long after that. Uh, Brock has helped me with a number of things as we've gone through. Uh, some of you all that have watched know I've gone through a divorce and I've had to deal with issues like that. But I asked Brock to be on the show today because he heads up and takes care of a thing the church has called regeneration. And 
I'm going to just kind of turn it over to you, Brock, and let you tell people. I know you have a second chance story that you might want to share, but I also want uh, know you want to share what regeneration does or what other people call regen and how it helps people make the very most of their second chance. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for, thanks for having me, Fred. As always, it's great to get to hang out with you for a little bit too. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's funny that how God uses our stories, like what you're talking about to then maybe one day turn that into a ministry or an opportunity for us to help other people. Um, and so I, I think back to when I was a kid, my, my, my parents were divorced when I was really young. And I was one of those kids that just blamed myself completely and took on all the blame. And, then, and, and I was in a small town and nobody else was going through that. So I felt like I was something was wrong with me. Mm-hmm. Um, something was uh, broken about me. And so just felt like this, where do I fit? Like a misfit. Do you remember that, um, that Rudolph the Red-Nosed? reindeer and they yes. had the island of misfit toys yes that's kind of how i felt like i was just like i don't fit it anywhere and so to think that one day then god would uh, give me the opportunity to, to head up a ministry like regeneration is pretty exciting but looking back on that to, to see just how broken and wounded and and adrift i was and just to see that um you know as god began to bring people and bring community uh around in my life it was just such an amazing uh, thing to see that here was this little boy from a little small town in Kansas that just felt so different, so alone that, um, that God would just put pieces in place of people, situations and opportunities, uh, for me to find some healing. And so that's, that's, awesome. that's why it's so exciting for me to get to do something for Regen to think, man, to know how hurting I was to be able to give back and say, Hey, he really is the God of a second chance. Yes. Uh, and there can be redemption. And just because your story is seems to be broken. I, I remember, uh, I'll get to Regen in a second, but I remember one time I was just so feeling like I, I couldn't do anything. Like I was just some wounded. I, so I, so being from Kansas, I saw a field of, of wheat and uh, saw this field and it was potentially what I could do to help other people. And I saw all these wounds and past and bad decisions I was making. It was almost like this crack came down the, the center of the field. And, and so both sides dried up and were ruined. There was nothing going on. So I was kind of mm-hmm. looking at that thinking, that was my life. That where was I going to go? What could I do to help anybody? Mm-hmm. And again, being a good Kansas boy, I, I felt God kind of moved in this nice irrigation rig and water started flowing and water came into this crevice that was in the middle of the field. And all of a sudden, both sides of the field were growing exponentially more than they ever could have. And I felt like that was almost like a, a little vision that God gave me that, hey, I'm going to use your wound. Uh, I'm going to use your pain. I'm going to use your mistakes. And I'm going to redeem those. I'm going to bring beauty from these ashes. And we're going to be able to help other people for that. And so just the thought of, you know, that happening and now get to do something with Regen or every week we get to work with lots of people in their redemption story, their regeneration story is pretty exciting for me. So, And, and that's one thing. So I, I went through regeneration years ago. Well, probably one of the first years that Hope Fellowship started offering yeah. it. And then I led a, a group a couple of times. And the one thing I... I I found myself is how many people think they're too broken. Yeah. Think that their past is doesn't qualify them to do good in the future or to help people in the future. And the reality is, is we're all broken. Yes. At, at some level. Yeah. Um, we all have childhood issues. We all have relationship issues. We all have a sexual or pornography, whatever issues. 
And God uses those if we let him. Mm-hmm. And, and I think I'd noticed that as I was going through and working with groups is God gives us, allows these things to happen to us, allows us to do wrong, and then turns it to good. You know, there's a verse in the Bible, mm-hmm. we're all very aware of all things good to yeah. those. But that's so true because our brokenness helps people. And, and I've noticed that when I was leading the issues that I dealt with in my marriage and the, the horrible dysfunctional relationship that I had for many, many years. And I would talk to other men about that and, and tell them what I was dealing with. And they're like, I'm dealing with that too. Mm-hmm. And that's what I've been going through. Yeah. It's such an amazing thing to use our brokenness to help people. And I think a lot of people come into those situations or come into any situation where they're broken. And a lot of their stories are, I'm alone. Mm-hmm. Um, no one is like me. I'm unique. My problems, my story is unique. And so I think there's being involved in a community of people that are all willing to be honest and vulnerable. You hear that, oh, you're not alone. My story is my story, but it's not completely unique that we all are broken. And sometimes we get this persona that people, especially that's one of the things that kind of bothers me sometimes about churches. You can be a pastor and be up on stage and people are like, oh, your life is great. You're like, <laughs> no, and no, there's some, there's some things. But it's like, it's just nice to be in that environment where you hear people say, hey, you're not alone. Right. Uh, your problems aren't unique and that there is hope for you. And so to be in that environment and just to hear those words, like I look back at, at me as a kid, I felt alone. I felt unique. I felt like there was no way that I was ever going to be able to navigate these things. And then to have someone come along and say, no, I'm here for you. Mm-hmm. You're going to be okay. We're going to, there is hope. And we have a plan to help you navigate through this is just, is life giving. And I remember when I first started working with, with Regen, when it first happened, that it was kind of described as a recovery program. Yeah. And I remember having issue with that because a lot of people like, well, recovery is I've got an alcohol problem. I got a drug problem. Mm-hmm. I got a porn addiction problem, whatever. So, something serious, diagnosable or disease. But the reality is, is it's a recovery program from anything. Yeah. Because we all have something to recover from. Yes, I we mean, do. I've not met that person yet that doesn't. And so some of us have relationship recovery we need to issue. Some of us have uh, the way our parents treated us or the lack of love that parents had. And no, I didn't have an alcohol problem. No, I've never done drugs. But the recovery part is recovery from things in our life that are keeping us from being the best us we can be and the best us God wants us to be. Yeah. And, And so... Tell us a little bit about what Regen does and and what type kind of what what is the program about? Yeah, and like I need to get that tape and just use that. That's my that's my new promo for Regen because okay. it really is recovery from you know, here's how we maybe wanted life to go and we're just recovering to where God wants us to be, no matter where what it's from. And so, but it really is based upon just the old twelve step program, and we we emphasize through regeneration very much that this is not just about you recovering from something, but it's about you um, re-engaging with Christ at the same time. And so regeneration is based on the 12 steps and how it works is you, you come along, say, hey, I'd like to do this, and we put you in what's called a step group and we're gonna walk through the actual 12 steps of, of, the, of recovery. 
And in that, there's daily work. And so one of the things that often we have to do is we have to reframe or retrain our brain to think in a certain way. And so there's a little devotional work every day where we're interacting with the Bible, we're interacting with what's going on inside of ourselves, um, and just kind of processing. And so it's like intentional daily work. It's like, if, so if you do a devotional, we're basically handing you a devotional for 12 steps to walk through. And, and then as you do that, you're doing that with a group of people. And so you're processing together. And so one of the things that I think is, is so often a temptation when we're hurting and we're in pain is to isolate. Very much and so. so. And then even to be ashamed and not share what's going on inside of us, but then to be in a group of people. And as you're ready, we're not going to force anybody. We're not going to pressure anybody. But as you're ready, just begin to, in this safe environment to share, here's what my hurt is. Here's what my pain is. Here's where my mistakes are. And, and then to be, and there's something powerful about being heard. Mm-hmm. And then people saying, okay. You don't feel so weird or pervert or whatever you might right. feel. You're like, oh, I'm just part of humanity, and right. I'm part of this group of people that are all working through that together. And so there's the daily work is a powerful part. The being in community and hearing other people's struggles and their triumphs and your struggles and triumphs, and you, you start walking through that together through the course uh, of several months. And some people have asked, like, hey, can you shorten this program to like 13 weeks or something like that? I'm like, no, because there's something about the ebb and flow of life right? as you walk through together and kind of being there in the good times and the bad times as a course of six to eight to 10 months go by and just kind of sharing and going, going through that process together. And so intentional daily work, the community work, uh, spending time with God, um, that's really kind of, if you were to put together a nice little recipe of growth, that's a beautiful little recipe to say, hey, I can find a start, start to find some healing in my life as I navigate this journey. And and the the program wasn't started at Hope Fellowship. Right. Um, if I remember correctly, it was started at Watermere. Watermark Church Watermark in Dallas. Church yeah. In Dallas. Um, so that, so for those that may be watching the show that don't live in the Frisco, McKinney, Prosper area, they can find a program or they can reach out to Hope Fellowship and Hope would help them yeah. find a program maybe near closer to them. But there are a number of churches in the DFW area for sure that are doing this. Yeah, if you want to just um, go to the Regeneration website, they have a church locator. Uh, oh, okay. And you can just type in your zip code and it'll say some places in your area that might be offering that program. Some people offer it year-round where you can jump in at any time. Other people offer it as like a class. Okay. Like, hey, we're starting in September. We're going to start this class, and you can sign up and start to walk through it. And so, yeah, there's plenty of opportunities in the area. And I think if you wanted to now, like, I don't, we don't do it at Hope Fellowship, but I think at Watermark, if you're even living in, like, you know, um, Montana or something like that, there are online groups oh, that you can jump into. And so I think they go pretty quick. And mm-hmm. so you might be looking for that. So if you go to the Regeneration website, you can look for those opportunities. They pop up every once in a while to do it online, like a Zoom community mm-hmm. as well. I found when I went through it that sometimes we have Christ in us if we're if we're believers. And, and I know some of our listeners aren't. But if you are a Christ follower... Sometimes we get into our lives and we think, okay, I'm okay because I've accepted Christ as my Savior. I, I, I know that I'm saved, but we're not in Christ. And I found as I went through that program, how much emptier my life was without me being in Christ, just having Christ in me mm-hmm. and having to live that life of, okay, what am I supposed to do different? How am I supposed to think different? Uh, believing in yourself, you know, believing things are going to get better. 
Um, and it, it, it's, I kind of found myself go, going through the program thinking, I think every person should go through this, not just people that are struggling or people that, that think they need recovery, that honestly, we all need recovery at some level because it was such an enlightening program. I, I, I learned so much about myself. I learned so much about some bad habits. I remember when I was going through it, my, my marriage was bad for a long, long time. And I stayed in my marriage for a number of reasons. I stayed in my marriage because I didn't want to disappoint God and because I know he doesn't, doesn't like divorce. I stayed in my marriage for my girls uh, because I didn't want them to be children and, and of, a, of a broken family. Um, I stayed in my marriage because I felt obligated because my wife had been with me when I almost died in 2007. So there was a number of things keeping me in that marriage except for it being a good relationship marriage. There was a lot of uh, emotional, mental, physical abuse that continued. But what I found when I went through is I had one of the guys actually take me aside one time and he says, you need to quit talking about your marriage hmm. because you're infatuated with how bad it is. And I thought, oh, I never thought that way, but then I thought, you know, every conversation I have, would it would come up. And so it brings out things sometimes that you're like, wow, I didn't even notice I was doing that. I didn't even notice that was consuming me. And it was, that was a real eye opener to make me realize I've got to let go of this. Yeah. I've got to let go of anger that I have. I've got to let go of frustration. I've got to, I got to turn things over to God. And I wasn't doing a good job at it at, at that point. So it's more than just recovery. There's so much more that you get out of it that helps you get a better life. Yeah. You know, live your life better. Yeah. And I think, you know, one of the things that was really helpful for me as I went through it, it's like you have these experiences and you navigate these experiences the best you can. And sometimes you maybe navigate them in the ways that aren't the healthiest ways, but it's almost like a, uh, if you were in a, a, a boat wreck, you grab onto whatever you can to survive. And so sometimes you do that. And at its core, I think regeneration is the old fashioned Christian term of discipleship, which is helping people understand what it really means to follow Christ, what it really means to follow God. Right. And so a lot of times, if we just say, hey, I wanna follow God, I wanna do what's right, but we've never been guided or led and how maybe that looks or had to navigate some of those past things, then it's gonna be very difficult for us to ever do that. And so like the apostle Paul in Romans says, the good I wanted to do, I never would do. That's the way I felt before going through a process like this. The good I wanted to do, I couldn't do. And it wasn't because I was evil. It's because I had some hurts and some pains and some trauma from the past mm -hmm. that when things would come along, <clears throat> I would just go a certain direction because I was trying to protect myself. And it wasn't that I was trying to be mean to other people. I just didn't want to get hurt again. Right. And so you, you don't realize there's that old saying that hurting people hurt people mm -hmm. and that I was hurting and I was hurting others unintentionally. And so to be able to go through that process and really learn what it means to maybe deal with some of my past and to understand what my actions, one of my favorite steps in regeneration is step four, 
um, is an inventory when you really take this look at who you are, the things that have been done to you, the things that you've done to others, yes. and to see these patterns and to see these things that were going on in your life that gives you a chance now to live mm -hmm. the kind of life and live in freedom and be free like you've always wanted to be but could never get there. And I'm also just such a big believer. You know, I, I studied theology, of course, in grad school and all that kind of stuff, so the study of God. But, you know, and so I had all this knowledge, but I couldn't get to where I lived that out until I surrounded myself with a community and, still, and dug into that kind of stuff right. and even learned. So, like, I'm a big fan of taking theology, the study of God, and psychology, the study of how the brain works, and bringing them together. And then, that, therefore, it's like now all of a sudden I have a chance to live out the things that God wants me to do that I want to do. Right. And I feel like Regen really embraces both of those philosophies in the sense of this loving, caring, supportive community. And I know for sure going through step four and seeing all those patterns was really this eye-opening experience where I began to see, oh, I can live life differently and I don't have to live life the way I always have. It was I, huge. I found step four one of the most difficult steps. Yeah. Because it's, it is hard when you start really having to be made to think about your past and, your, and, 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 and doing that inventory of your life. But it did, I mean, I, it, I, I thought of things that I never thought of before. I thought of things that happened to me when I was a teenager that happened to me growing up with my, you know, my, my dad was a great dad, but he was a rough around the edges dad. And he was very competitive and he pushed me really hard in athletics and all. And I had just kind of accepted that, but inventory helped me really start thinking about how did that affect me when I was eight and 10 and, and when I went through, it was amazing. One of the hardest steps that I still have today accepting it and you, you'll you, I think it's step two you'll have to remind me is um, I'm going to accept the world as it is yeah. not as I want it to be yeah and I think a lot of us live in that t all the time and don't even realize it I want people to be better I want people to not act differently I, I want drivers on the tollway not to drive like idiots you know but going through that and making realize you got to accept the world as it is, was an eye opener to me yeah. to make me really step back. And I remind myself of that all the time. Fred, you're not accepting the world as it is right now. <laughs> yeah. Because <clears throat> I know that there's days, I, I grew up with this idea that if every day was perfect, then you're really living right. And if there's days when things didn't go well, then something, you must have done something wrong. Yeah. Or God doesn't care about you. But I, I, as I've matured, I've realized that there, each day is going to have blessings. But each day has also got some problems to be solved. And it's, like you said, it's accepting the world as it is. And, and, and I think that was one of the big things that I learned is I can't control other people. Uh, I just can't. I wish I could. That'd be wonderful. But I can have some influence on how I respond and work on that health and, and so that I could be healthy, so that I'm not that hurting person, hurting people. But realizing there's going to be complexity. There's going to be drivers that cut me off. There's going to be people that say negative things. There's going to be things that I interpret incorrectly. And so how can I solve those and it gave me the tools and the skills to be able to do that in a healthier way instead of just reacting out of emotion mm -hmm. or reacting out of my pain or reacting out of my past. And so, you know, before, if I ever felt uh, uh, classic, if I ever felt devalued at all, man, that did not sit well with me. I wanted to show them uh, that I was not, that I was valuable. Mm -hmm. So I'd kind of try to puff up my intellect or whatever to say, hey, you don't treat me that way. And so then I'd really kind of dismiss people. But now to realize, oh, they might be having a bad day. They might not have meant what they said, or maybe I interpreted that incorrectly and kind of letting things go and realizing that God 
is the one that heals God, the one that delivers God, the mm-hmm. one that is the one that kind of helps us see things. And so that was just huge to realizing that, hey, I can't control these things, but I can work on me being healthy so that I can respond as I solve those daily complex issues that come along. Well, it's, it's funny you say that because one of the things that I remember talking about the hoop, you know, putting a hoop around you. Yeah, yeah. And and I can only take care of what's in the hoop. And I remember for a long time in my m- marriage, I got accused of things over and over and over that I didn't do. I mean, I got accused of having so many affairs that n- never happened. And I would always defend myself. Mm-hmm. And then Regen helped me realize, why am I defending myself? I didn't do anything wrong. You know, like, like I was saying, you feel that I was reacting the way I guess I've been taught. You know, my dad and my mom, you know, growing up, there was a lot of arguing in the family and the, a lot of defending yourself. And I'm defending myself from something that I hadn't done. And it was really one of those aha moments when I realized the only two people that matter is me or God and God and God knows the truth. And I know the truth and you can accuse me of whatever you want. And it changed the whole dynamics of, of that, those interactions even. Yeah. And, and I got to the point where I just walk away. I wouldn't engage in an argument anymore. I, I just say, you believe whatever you want to believe. And I, because I knew the truth and, and I think Regen helps with those kind of coping mechanisms of dealing with the world and, and relationships and everything else. Do you, do you think that the regeneration is a good program for somebody that's not a believer? Yeah, I think for anybody, it's worth exploring. I mean, going through that process of figuring out why you do what you do, what has happened to you and your response for that, I think is a beautiful response. Knowing that if you do regeneration, uh, that there is a very much a Christian component. We are going to talk about Jesus being the healer. Uh, and I think as long as you're open to exploring that, then I think it's a great program to walk through. Um, but just... Even if that's, you're just like, hey, I'm not really, you know, and it, but even being honest and saying, hey, this whole God thing, I, I've got some questions. I've got some hurts. That's fine. We don't want to, you know, a lot of times I feel like in the past, the church has been this place where you dress up on Sunday morning and you show up and you act like it have it all to get, you have it all together. Right. I don't want that anymore. I want church to be, I'm going to walk in this door and show my needs because I need some help. I need Jesus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so to even to walk in and say, have questions about God, we're, we're totally fine with any question and all questions about that. But even if that's not the place, just to do something to find a place where I can find some healing, is this worth the journey and exploring even that God piece is like, why is that such a sore spot? Or why am I having a hard time with that? Or being okay with that? But I think it's, it's man, I, I, would, I would recommend that process and recommend Regen to every single human being, like you said. I think everyone, everyone needs to walk through that or we're just going to continue to live out those patterns right. from our past. And I think it's, like it's, it's, there's no way. I mean, if we want the world to be a better place, we start by taking care of ourselves. Of yeah, it's just such okay. an easy way to do it. No, and I wanted to point that out because there were there were guys in my group that weren't, they, they didn't know what they believed or what they didn't believe or what they wanted. And so there's always people struggling. Um, we even had guys in the group that I led. Uh, one guy was Muslim. And he had been going through a horrible marriage himself and, and, and was really, really struggling. And he was driving by Hope Fellowship and he saw that they had this program and he thought, what do I got to lose at this mm. point? I'm just, I'm miserable. Yeah. My life is miserable. And he came and, and during the process, it was really neat to see him change and see him grow 
And, and you know, God's not intimidated by people that believe or don't believe. No. God's not intimidated by our questions. He's not intimidated by our anger. He understands all that because Christ was here and lived it with us. And, and, I, and, I, and I love that attitude because I remember when I was a kid growing up and having that, okay, I got to find my finest clothes to go to church and I got to pretend this. And, and now I think our churches are really focusing on that's not the way Christ lived. Christ wasn't in the temple all dressed up and he was with the sinners, you know, and he was accused all the time of being with the prostitutes and the tax collectors. And that's who we are. We're yeah. all at some level of, of that. And, and we, we all need help. Yeah, very much so. So tell me, we, we've got a few more minutes. We're getting ready, kind of wrapping it up. But how did you, did you always want to be a minister? Shoo. You know, like, the, the thing that was so influential for me is after my, my dad just kind of was out of the picture, moved to, to a different town. And so my mom started going to this little church and there was a youth minister, I was like sixth, seventh grade, that came along and we kind of liked the same things. I played basketball growing up and he was a former college basketball player and we just kind of hit it off. And because of his love and grace and kindness toward me, um, I, I remember as a teenager thinking, what else would I do? Because here's this little hurting boy that someone gave life to. And I thought, what else would one do? Because mm -hmm. this is just so great. And so that's how that all happened. I didn't really know what being a minister would look like. I didn't know, you know, how it would end up here, uh, you know, with regeneration, all that kind of stuff. I had no idea, but just to see that man and how kind he was to me. I thought, boy, I want to do that for other people. Mm -hmm. um, and then, so it's redemptive for me to be able to sit there at Regen and hear people's stories about, man, I was going this way. Now I feel like I have some hope. Just talked to a guy that night. He said, man, I just haven't, haven't even thought positively about life in 10 years. And here I am just thinking, man, I have some hope now. Yeah. Just to hear one of those stories would have been worth it for me as a little boy, but I hear those consistently. And so that's kind of how it all happened because someone was kind to me. And so you just never know what kind actions. And as we get healthy that we can give to other people, that's going to have such a long-term impact on them, but only that individual, but them and their families and their, their kids, their girls, all that kind of stuff. It's just, you never know. You're, you're touching people's future. Uh, and part of this show is to help you all out there as you're watching this realize that it's never, ever too late. And you can be that one person that does that nice thing that touches somebody's life and changes it in a direction. And, and, and that's why, I, you know, I've said this before on the show. Uh, I, I don't think, this is a personal thing, I don't think God is a God of third and fourth chances. He's a God of second chances over and <laughs> over and over again. Because he doesn't see the last chance he gave us. He sees the, where are we going? Where's the, the, the next place we're going? And I, I've kind of often used it as, a, you know, driving our car. We got this big giant windshield in the front of our car to look at where we headed down the road. We got this little bitty mirror to see what's behind us. Hmm. And, and God doesn't want us living in that rearview mirror. And, and there's Bible stories over and over of how God doesn't want people to look back. He wants people to move forward. And programs like Regeneration are there to help. Yeah. So before we sign off, we're about out of time. Can you tell our, our viewers 
how they would go about uh, getting involved in regeneration yeah. or even if what they could do at, uh, to reach out to you at Hope Fellowship? Yeah. So we meet every Monday night, 50 weeks out of the year. Uh, we don't meet for Christmas or vacation Bible school because that takes over everything. Uh, 50 weeks out of the year, uh, every Monday night at 630, and we're at Hope Fellowship at 9950 Rolder Road in Frisco, Texas. Okay. Uh, and if you want to go on the web, it's just hopefellowship.net slash care. Okay. You can scroll down and find all the information you want, frequently asked questions. Uh, my contact information is on there, but hopefellowship.net slash care and get involved. You can join any Monday night. Every Monday night's a great night to start. Fantastic. Well, thank you guys again for uh, uh, tuning in. I hope you all got something out of this. I don't know how you couldn't have. Uh, Brock is such an amazing person. He's got such an amazing heart. And I, I, if you are looking for a church, I highly recommend Hope Fellowship. I'll, I'll, I know we're about out of time, but I, I got to wrap up to say how I got there. When I moved out here from El Paso, I knew I needed to find a church that was a Bible church. Um, I had been involved in some churches that I felt that human rules were more important than God rules. And there's a lot of churches out there that the human um, traditions or whatever they do in the church overshadow some of what the Bible says. So I knew I needed to, to find a Bible church. So I go into Hope Fellowship and it had a band playing that was pretty loud. It was pretty big because I'm not used to congregations of, you know, a thousand people. And so my attitude was like, I don't know about this. It's a little loud music. It's a little. And then John McKenzie, the head pastor, uh, got up on the stage. And one of the first things he said was, a lot of you all aren't going to like what I have to say, but I didn't write it. And he points at the Bible. And I thought, I'm in the right place. And that's the neatest thing about hope is Hope is a group of caring people who love people and love God. And, and I'll let you tell the tagline, if, if, if lost people matter to God, then they matter to us. And so we, we've tried to amend that too, that people matter to God, they matter to us. That's right. Yeah. And so thank you all again for tuning in. God bless you all. We'll see you again next week.